If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za. Joining me in studio is Mr. Duman Ngobo, who's the Chief Operations Officer at Tracker, joining us this evening to give us some insight into their report. Such a pleasure to have you, sir, and welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity. Fantastic. I must say, I'm looking forward to this conversation because so often as South Africans, we, um, you know, drive around nonchalantly mm. and you hope that uh, mm. you'll be safe on the road and in many aspects. But yeah. I guess uh, the role and function of your organization before we get to the report is a critical one, especially in a market like South Africa, right? Yeah, 100%. I think if you look at our history since um, the late 90s and 98 Mm -hmm. we came into the market where the challenge was a rampant uh, vehicle crime and i think we had a large role to play in influencing those patterns but again we are back here because this is a never-ending story Mm. around theft hijacking and many other related things exactly let's talk about theft seems as though 2023 wasn't a great year especially when it comes to the month of november give us some insight here yeah, I think um, let's just understand vehicle crime in general. Yes. Um, we normally distribute or, uh, between theft and hijacking because those are the things people think about. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that scare people and create fear. Uh, in simple terms, a theft is a vehicle taken without the use of the owner's keys. And a hijacking, in simple terms, is where you're aware that they're taking the vehicle. Mm. Uh, many times with the threat of injury or harm, mm-hmm. either through a weapon, and that's what happens. And often crime, uh, vehicle crime is opportunistic. Mm. Um, and we call the October-November period the silly season. Um, it's an internal sort of soft name, but that's where we tend to see spikes, uh, where criminals uh, unfortunately go shopping. For would-be vehicles. Sure. Yeah. This sounds intriguing because I'm also assuming that one needs to understand, as you say, it might be opportunistic, but in mm. some cases there are some syndicates that are behind this, right? Yeah, 100%. So I think where you look at the different provinces and the different patterns, you start to see who's doing what. So uh, in the rest of the country, I think we reference a 52-48% theft to hijack ratio. But when you look at Gauteng, it's largely thefts. Whoa. And it shows you the sophisticated criminal is here. The syndicates are largely here. Mm. Um, and that's what you see. In Western Cape, for example, you see a completely different pattern mm. versus Gauteng. Mm. Uh, and maybe let's talk about that. Does that have to do, I guess, with the nature of vehicles, nature of lifestyle, or, or just, I guess, how the criminal syndicates might work and operate? It's a mixture of many things. Um, so that's, that's what would be top of mind for people is the cash and transit heist. Yes. Uh, and a vehicle forms part of what we call a trio crime. So to commit most crimes, you need transportation. Mm-hmm. A vehicle forms a central part of that triangle other than a firearm, other than an opportunity to commit the crime. So mostly where a CIT is going to take place, the vehicles that are used would mostly be vehicles that are stolen and or hijacked. Mm. So you see that pattern taking place. And most of the syndicates tend to be where the economic opportunity is greatest, which is Gauteng. If you look at Western Cape, we then see hijacking being just shy of 80% of total incidents in the Western Cape. And that's largely to do with the fact that there's no nearest border nearby. Mm. So a lot of those vehicles get used in the local markets. So you see those dynamics taking place. Mm. We also starting to see hostage taking and kidnapping. And I discern between the two in the following manner. So if I'm going to take you by force with your vehicle, 
I then force you to withdraw money from your bank account or from your banking app. Okay. I've essentially kidnapped you for that moment. Yes. Whereas, uh, or host- held you hostage for that moment rather. And a kidnapping is where you are the form of transaction. And we've seen people just being taken pavement style uh, immediately from their shops and ransom is sought, etc. And all of that tells you of a level of sophistication, planning mm. and syndicates being involved. Mm. So we see those patterns starting to to obviously come through. I'm intrigued as well, given that you do provide the service not only for individuals in their capacity, but obviously mm. for businesses and entrepreneurs and key man policies come to mind in all yes, these aspects. Yes. I'm, I'm keen to understand if you have noticed perhaps a, a trend that's leaning more towards this kind of theft or hijacking taking place um around business owners or, or industrial and entrepreneurship, I guess, as your, as your yeah. clients? We, we, we started to see a very uh, sharp increase. I mean, it was quite steady. It was interesting. During lockdown, a lot of businesses had home deliveries, um, working from home, yes. uh, courier companies dropping off goods, items, etc., um, all the way through your motorcycles coming to deliver different goods and services to people. And we're starting to see a pattern whereby business crime started shooting up rampantly. Mm. And if you follow those patterns during lockdown, post-lockdown, that has skyrocketed such that if you're a business owner, your business vehicle is almost 56 percentage points um, likelier to be hijacked than it would be if you were a private individual. Sure. So in other words, hijacking is prevalent, whereas theft is more prevalent for an individual. Mm. And those patterns are taking place. So from an insurable risk point of view, obviously insurers and businesses are starting to respond. And to your point around what does key man look like in this context? We're starting to see those things sort of coming through as trends. Mm. I find this so intriguing because clearly you, you, you can't work in isolation within this industry and it speaks to the multitude of uh, products and, and offerings that you, you share with your clients in order to, to make their lives better. And I'm, I'm keen to understand as a result of this uptick, especially post-pandemic, are we mm. seeing that there is a heightened level um, of need from entrepreneurs and clients uh, for your services in the current environment in South Africa? Let me speak a little bit broader. Sure. Um, I think when we started, uh, our our purpose statement was to care is to protect. Yes. And it was very simple and oriented around just the vehicle. Today, we talk about to care for and protect people and their things. Mm. And the things part sound quite playful, but that's how people relate to their uh, inanimate items like their vehicle, their possessions, their cell phones, etc., So the way people are thinking about risk, especially entrepreneurs and business owners, they're saying at any given time, I must understand what's happening with my assets. So you're starting to see cameras, uh, smart camera systems installed Mm -hmm. in vehicles that focus on both outside and what's happening in the vehicle. Mm -hmm. And those are some of the instruments people are seeing. The other one is fleet management systems, whereby at any given time, if I've got 200 buses, I must know where my buses are, how much fuel's in them, which routes they're traveling in, what's the risk on that route, and so on. So Telematics on another really level. On another level. That's so intriguing. And it already comes to mind because I'm thinking about the challenges we've been seeing with our freight rail and how that speaks yeah. to truckers on the road and yes. coal truck drivers. But even a few years ago, the strikes that we saw 
Yes. Uh, on on much of the roads around mm. uh, the N3. So I can imagine that from a business point of view, uh, entrepreneurs and business owners have had to think about risk differently. Uh, and Tracker as an organization, you and your team have also had to uh, find new innovative ways of actually mitigating against mm. this risk. Just one maybe small anecdote. Sure. You may find, well find on our highways and byways that the actual truck is many times recovered. Because would-be criminals aren't necessarily after the truck. It's slow. uh, It doesn't move very quickly. So they want the goods Mm -hmm. that are loaded. So in other words, if I'm traveling with uh, a thousand hi-fi systems, I'm exaggerating for effect. Imagine the the bounty associated with Mm -hmm. that. So leave the truck, take the sound system, and it becomes an immediate sale. Mm -hmm. And in some of the shows, I think on Carte Blanche recently, they were doing a story on coal. Uh, fuel siphoning and so on. So this is a very sophisticated where the opportunity or the money lies, follow the money. 100% 100% where the opportunity or money lies. Ooh, follow the money. If you've just joined us, we are in conversation with Duma Ngobo, who's the uh, COO at Tracker, uh, vehicle tracking solutions company, but really beyond vehicle tracking, as you've heard, providing a multiplicity of uh, a multitude of, of services to enhance the, the protection not only of lives and livelihoods, but also of assets that are important to entrepreneurs. If you have a question or any experiences you'd like to share, 063-688-0959 is where you can share your voice notes for us to respond to any of your key questions. I guess coming back to the index, uh, mm. uh, Duma, if we can, interesting insights again that you uh, can share with us, uh, I guess, speak to the trends and the themes. You mm. highlighted the difference between theft and hijacking, mm. what we see between uh, kidnapping and being held hostage, and the dynamics between various provinces yeah. uh, and how it impacts your, your customer base. But days of the week where we see increased hijackings, Friday stood out for me, and I see here you highlight uh, between 6 and 8 o'clock. Yeah. So, so I guess let me unpack it this way. Um, crime can happen at any time. 100%. Uh, and it would be incorrect to say to somebody, well, you're safe between 4.30 and 6 a.m. in the morning. That would be incorrect because mm. we see those patterns coming through. But I think if you follow the pattern of when the prevalence of vehicles is highest, you'll see the trends of theft and hijack coming through. Mm-hmm. So in our stats, we cite a Saturday. What happens on a Saturday? People go to shopping centers, they park their vehicle, they go to restaurants, they Mm. attend movies, they go to schooling events, they go to sporting events. Um, And any time your vehicle is alone for a good number of minutes, hours and so on is an opportunity for a would-be thief um, to then break into your vehicle and take it. So that's where you see theft on a Saturday being higher than hijackings. Now, hijacking is usually uh, by order. I'm parking at a filling station. I'm watching the name, make, model, color, etc. of vehicle that I'm after. There's a young lady driving home, completely oblivious. Mm. She goes and she buys her snacks, ready to eat pizza on a Friday night. And there's people following her. And that's where hijackings tend to take place. Mm. And hijack works on shock. There's somebody, some, suddenly somebody at your window blocking your way at your gate, uh, when you arrive home and your electric gate perhaps opens, Mm. the first thing in your mind is those in the house. Exactly. Your dogs, your kids, husband, wife, grandparents, and so on. And in your mind, you're thinking, let me keep them safe. And criminals take advantage of that. That's where you see hijackings take place. Um, On a Friday, um, and in the South African pattern, with Thursday, Friday being the kind of days they are, people are very relaxed. 
My goodness. And you, you're highlighting so many things. In my mind, I can hear the parent in you. <laughs> it's like I'm hearing my dad's voice. Always always be cautious when you're yeah. at a filling station. Always be um, um, be careful, perhaps, especially when you drive home late at night. I mean, I leave the studios yeah. well after 8 o'clock. Mm. Uh, so this really puts things into perspective. And in my mind, I can imagine as a COO, leading a team um, and working for, for, for such a giant company, you mm. almost see the intertwining of crime, financial services, risk management, but also the psychology of of society. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm intrigued as to how that also, you know, perhaps informs not only what we see from the data, but informs the innovative solutions and products you have to come up with. So so earlier on, uh, I mean, I was listening to your show and uh, and it was quite interesting. You were talking about scammers. Yes. Uh, love scams, fraudsters, and so on. And I couldn't help but think, but we deal with this maybe from a different dimension. Mm-hmm. And typically what happens is everyone wants to do well. And sometimes people can't believe the obvious signs that are in front of them. So um, what typically happens is in our line of work, you see these private sales. You go on Facebook and you see a vehicle that's clearly above a million rand is being sold for 150,000. Mm. And it looks on the face of it like a bargain. You click on the page, it seems credible, right? You then agree to do a financial transaction. And then you find that there is no vehicle. And we see those things coming through. Sure. And people report those things to us. The other side of it, there is a vehicle, but the vehicle is actually stolen uh, or has been hijacked in a completely different province. I think not too long ago, there was a, yes, a celeb yes. um, who we shall for the purposes of this discussion, sure. I won't go into. But typically, I may think that individual may have well not known that the vehicle would have been a subject of a crime from a different province. Mm. And we see those things coming through. So when we think about designing products and services, what we think about is how do we think through the problem beyond what a customer would ordinarily think about? Yeah. You raise that you drive home late at night. There's tools like Share My Journey, which allows loved ones to know which route you're on Mm. and sort of leaves a breadcrumb trail on your way home Mm. where a loved one can say, hang on, you're supposed to be here by this time. I can see the vehicle stop for an extended period of time. That acts as an early warning. That's one uh, uh, tool set that we designed for. Uh, On the other side, you're a professional um, and sometimes you work in more than one sort of industry, a multiplicity of functions. 100%. So from a tax point of view, you want to reconcile that. Uh, and there's things like SARS logbooks um, and those kind of things. So when we design products, we are thinking about what is the problem the customer might have and how might we, through our tools, lend ourselves to assist. Mm, 100%. I'm so glad that you're highlighting this because it also helps us as consumers understand uh, the broad scope within which uh, your business actually covers uh, and how we also need to adjust and adapt our behavior, but perhaps not just in adapting it, but being more aware of it Mm. and understanding that there's a solution to Mm. meet it there as well. Mm. We do have a voice note from one of our listeners, if I'm not mistaken, Benjamin, uh, who uh, I guess has a question and a comment just in terms of uh, the, the vehicle crime index that we see. Hijackings. 
hijacking. Hi, Sis Books. Benjamin here. Uh, please ask uh, Buduma with regards to the top 10 most uh, hijacked or stolen cars in South Africa. Why do trigger companies like to uh, keep their cards close to their chest with regards to that? Because I still remember um, it, there was an unofficial report that was out there, uh, but then it was not put out exactly by the by the uh, by the companies. If he does have the information, could you please drop maybe some top three, top five of the most stolen cars uh, based on what he has uh, from the data from his company? Thank you so much. Lovely question, Benjamin. Love that you are interacting with us yeah. and, of course, pushing the radar. Yeah, yeah. Duma, can you respond? So, so let me frame it this way. And yeah. and and in these, uh, when you answer these things, you have to be responsible mm. because there are clear patterns of which vehicles get purchased the most in South Africa. So let's just, uh, uh, let's call a vehicle. Timothy. Can I name them? You may, to your heart's content. Okay. Let's call a vehicle Timothy. Uh, T- Timothy sells ten thousand units. Uh, vehicle James sells 5,000 units. Of the 10,000, 150 are then stolen or hijacked. Of the vehicle called James, right? Mm-hmm. 75 get stolen and hijacked. Proportionately, they're exactly the same, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to insurance companies, the prevalence of the vehicle make and model says your premium is then different. So they will instruct us to say it's mandatory for you to have a tracking device. That is why we don't share this information irresponsibly. Imagine if you will, I say to a vehicle manufacturer, I want to partner with you. Let's strip the vehicle down. Let us understand where the point of failures are. He'll say, hang on, weren't you the one on Kai FM saying my vehicle is the most riskiest vehicle? Mm-hmm. So we have to work in a responsible manner. I would have thought that that's a great business <laughs> opportunity, though. To my, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, for, for the benefit of myself and the listener, in my mind, I'm thinking when we speak to NAMSA and other vehicle agencies, yeah. uh, Toyota Hilux, Ford yeah. Ranger, Polo Vivo, yeah. Toyota Corolla, maybe, yeah. um, are, are just a few that come to mind. And I'm assuming a few that Benjamin also does mm, think of. Mm. Uh, and one would assume that not only would it help Number one, your business is to actually partner with some mm. of these institutions, but us as consumers as well to be mindful that, hey, uh, get a tracking device mm. or understand the security risks that mm. might be involved. We work with vehicle manufacturers quite a bit mm-hmm. so and insurance companies. So an insurance company is one of our streams that says to us, listen, you must have some kind of tracking device and they will prescribe what it must have. For example, it must have early warning, you must be able to see it on your app, and so on and so forth. And usually of some of those vehicles you mentioned, that would be a clearly recommended uh, uh, thing. Got you. But there's so many of those vehicles, and that itself drives crime. So if you look at an SUV or an LDV, what we call a bucky in South Africa, Mm -hmm. typically, those would be very high on the criminal's radar. One, second-hand parts market Mm. two what we call price parity so an example a vehicle costs a million rand in south africa immediately across our border it's a million and a half so why shop there when you can shop for it here Mm. Um, the sophistication of uh, license plate systems Mm -hmm. so there i can go and register in a different country different license plate a perfectly innocent individual buys this vehicle um, and so when you listen to your insurance company and you say, this is the vehicle I bought, mm-hmm. that should be a telltale sign of, uh, 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 is this a high risk or not? I get right? you. Number two, you'll see our vehicle crime index follows closely with the South African uh, quarterly crime report. And usually in the middle of the crime report, you'd see 
um, the the trio crimes, mm-hmm. hijackings, thefts, robberies, etc. Hundred percent. If you discern those numbers, you'll clearly see um, which vehicles are most prevalent and so on, and which police stations, etc. Ah, I see. Yeah. The data is there. The information is there. I understand, as you say, that you can't necessarily disclose yeah. it, uh, uh, given uh, mm. your positioning in the market. But I think a very fair explanation that you've yeah. given us there, Duma. So hopefully Benjamin's content with that. The lines are busy. We've got two more voices <laughs> to get through. So I think we've certainly hit the nail on the head here. Yeah. Let's listen to another one from Nomsa. Evening, Kuku. Evening, Mr. Ngobo. Thank you for the lovely show. Um, I've got a very complex situation where my car was fitted with a tracker and it was uh, nearly stolen but recovered and broke a handle. And that situation has led to me being nearly killed in my house with a child and we had to flee and go to a second, a, a second place of stay. My house is hijacked by the very same people that actually um, stole my car. That syndicate that um, hijacked my car uh, managed to at times um, immobilize my car to a point that we thought the engine was a problem. And the bank replaced the engine. They came and stole the engine pretending as if they were coming from APSA Bank to collect the engine since I have a new engine, not knowing that it was the same guy that broke into my house, not knowing that it was the same guy that actually nearly killed us in the house. It happened that it involved the South African police who were using a a private security company and some other people. As I speak with you, I have been fighting and battling to get the illegal occupants of my house because they've cloned my details and created a Jacqueline Nomsa Shabangu who doesn't exist. At times, they say that that person is my husband, but referring to me. The municipal has been very slow in assisting me to a point that as I speak, these people are still hunting, wanting to kill me because when it was investigated, it was discovered that it was the police and security company at the hospital where I worked. Can I be assisted, please? Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, Heavy load and multiple issues that we're dealing with here. Yeah, it's Islam's story, right? Stories like this really break my heart mm. because it seems like um, really a confluence of many different issues. Yeah. But ultimately, her safety um, yes. is coming through as significantly compromised, mm. both at the level of the vehicle, which talks to mobility, at the level of personhood, which talks to her personal information and who has access to it. Mm. And really, um, in terms of her own anxieties, you know, every one of us wants to feel safe. And the idea that somebody's monitoring you and they've gained access and entry. So just listening to everything, I think... Um, in, in this regard, um, it becomes very difficult she, because she made mention of police persons involved, mm. etc. I, I do think that um, there's different levels of police where these things can be reported. Okay. There's levels where other instruments investigate the police themselves. Um, and we work closely with different kinds of elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that would be the right route for her to follow. Mm-hmm. There's also a legal route in the sense that her information is being compromised and it almost sounds like she has to reinvent herself Mm. in order to be safe. So I think there's a few things that 
given enough time, we can unpack. Um, I'm not a, a crime expert, but just been listening in terms of what uh, she referenced, there's a lot of issues involved there. 100%. Yeah. And I'm keen to understand, I, I'm aware that we spoke to a, a representative of uh, the Prevention of Fraudulent uh, Agency mm. earlier on uh, this evening, and perhaps one of our producers can, can reach out and mm. share those contact details. But again, this is a very bespoke scenario, one that mm. would need a team to literally mm. sit down mm. and follow mm. through uh, with all the details. Mm. But if she were your client mm. uh, and perhaps had access to your resources, would this be something that would be easier to manage given the extra support essentially? I think there'd be an opportunity for us to engage. So <laughs> one of the challenges that I have uh, as tracker in this instance is we're kind of like a cold, cold drink, cold yeah, drink. Uh, Everyone refers to every tracking come as a tracker. And that essentially <laughs> becomes a challenge, right? So she mentioned tracker. So one of my, if she was my client, the first place I would start is from the time of the incident, I would bring my investigation and forensics team to understand what transpired. Was there information of either our tracking units, our tracked vehicle mm -hmm. compromised in any way? Who was involved in the chain of events? Mm. All the way from the fitment centers to call centers. We have very rigorous processes gotcha. to establish what truth looks like as best we can. We will then uh, align with different law enforcement agencies to say, here's a matter that we're dealing with. Because in terms of our own reputation, our own responsibility, we have a responsibility to our customers to make sure that we try our best to make them feel safe. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that I would look at without understanding further details. Um, and then we can make recommendations as to where she might seek help. 100%. I'm glad that you've covered that. We might have to extend this interview, Mr. Ngovo. <laughs> hey, you, you, you have, we have a, quite a few listeners who actually want to share their views and insights. And if you've just joined us, we are speaking to the COO of Tracker, Duma Ngobo. Many of us are familiar with Tracker uh, as uh, not just a vehicle tracking uh, organization, but really uh, assists with the recovery of stolen vehicles, mm. the protection of assets, uh, especially for entrepreneurs in South Africa. A reminder that we can't always respond to many of your bespoke scenarios and situations, mm. but we can offer guidelines. Uh, but uh, always happy to get your thoughts on what we're sharing on the back of the tracker vehicle crime index it's 7 30 you're listening to kaibiz but for the moment let's get a quick uh, voice note from i see mobulawa i see wandile i see so many more but uh bro eddie take us where you're leading us mobulawa Good evening, Cisco. Um, this topic is very interesting to me. So I'm going to call him Menyar Potkater. This man loves this certain brand of a car. It's an SUV. Uh, let's call it a, a Fortuna, okay? He's been hijacked three times. And this is 2023-2024. And he keeps going back for the same model. So I don't know what's so interesting about this car, but I'm starting to think um, we were having a conversation the other day. I'm like, do you want to die? Because why would you still go back and get the same car? I guess some people are loyal to the brand. This is Gooks, but it's very interesting to know. Oh, that's Bulawa, one of our favorite listeners actually uh, sharing some thoughts here. But I think that tells us something, as you said, monitor the trends, understand how it is that your insurance company might engage with you just to understand that the risks involved. But as long as you have the opportunity to get some kind of risk cover, I guess that does help, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think people are loyal to what they're loyal to. It's like I have a football team that despite their troubles... Uh. I've been supporting since I was three years old. Um, Shall I ask? Very bright colors in the south of Joburg, but oh, no. it's a different topic. And they disappoint me. Uh, 
fantastic. We've got a question from Temuho on this voice note. Hi, um, um, Cheryl Kuku. Um, please ask Mr. Duma, what is, this, what is the cost of um, these vehicles, like the rise in either hijacking or vehicles uh, being stolen? What is the source of the cost of this? Could it be because the economy has dipped or lack of policing or advanced um, mechanisms that the criminals have or uh, um, some loopholes that they have seen in the tracking systems? What is the source of this? Thank you. Interesting question from Temo mm. for then. I'm not sure if I misinterpreted him asking about the cost of the vehicle or the cost of the tracker. Because uh, the cost of the vehicle, yeah. as we know, this Initially, I thought it was cost. But in the end, I, thought, I, I, I heard him to say, what is the underlying cause Got you. that is driving the theft or hijacking of vehicles? Is it that criminals have seen an opportunity? Mm. Is it that our capabilities, technology is compromised? Is it that uh, it's, it's easy? And, uh, and it's a combination of many factors. Um, I think late last year, uh, carte blanche, YouTube, there were many videos going around of something called a relay attack. And what a relay attack, a relay is literally a signal between two different points. And there's a communications method that remotes use. Gotcha. So I'm sending a signal to you. Yep. The signal comes back between the key and uh, the vehicle itself. So if you can intercept that or mimic that or mm. clone that in some kind of smart way, that's one method. And we started seeing the prevalence of that where you parked your vehicle the next thing you're in a shopping center, in 20 seconds, your vehicle started and it's gone. Mm. That's the one. The second is what we call a CAN bus attack. A CAN bus is really the vehicle's electronic system. So if you can plug into that, you override or take over the normal functions of a vehicle. Sheesh. And criminals, so we saw this in, in London, in the UK for about eight years ago. And we're sort of eight years behind in sort of some of the modus operandi that we're starting to see. So that's a one big driver of, of vehicle theft and hijacking. Then there's the financial side that says vehicles are becoming more and more expensive. Mm -hmm. um, the numbers say we've got millions of vehicles on our roads, but anything between 40 to 45% are insured. Mm -hmm. So you have a whole host of vehicles that aren't insured. Duma buys a vehicle today, it's his first Polar. Um, I'm excited. Um, I insure it. I drive out of VW very happy. Um, six months later, my circumstances change. I start to renege on my insurance agreement. Yes. The vehicle is then taken um, or any other vehicle make and model is then taken. Then what happens not too long thereafter? Spare parts, etc. So you've seen vehicles where they take the lights, where they yes. take the mirrors. So there's an opportunistic side, uh, secondhand parts, etc. Then there's cross-border where there's a, a huge market mm. uh, for cross-border vehicles. And our border management, uh, up until recently, I think um, Dr. Aaron Mutsualedi has done a fantastic job with the Border Management Authority, which is really clamping down on entry points. Um, and then there's illicit goods, cigarettes, drugs, firearms. Mm. So a bartering system. I steal a car from here, I drop it in another country, I bring arms back, I, I bring cigarettes. Mm. So those are the drivers. On the tracking side, um, it's unfortunate that it is a cat and mouse game. So in our stats, we talk about quite an appreciable increase 
between July and December, referencing November as a period. During that time, we saw a bit of a dip in what we call our recovery rates or our success rate in, in getting back stolen or hijacked vehicles. We've had to work incredibly hard to enhance our technology, to overcome some of these challenges that criminals are starting to learn. Really? Yeah. And maybe talk to us about, about, about that. I'm, I'm told we have one more voice note from mm. Grant that we'll get to in just a mm. moment. But just in terms of the recovery rate, because uh, a thought crossed my mind and I thought this is an unusual question to ask, but the high rates of vehicle crime might work in your favor because more people will get tracking systems uh, such as uh, from Tracker. But at the same time, it's not what you want because it adds to the yeah. operational efficiencies that you need to embark yeah. on to actually improve the recovery rate. Yeah. So. I guess talk to us about that theme, but also just in terms of yeah. the successful recovery rate and so if we're finding it. Being I think challenged. you touched on something very important, and and you you know one of the reasons why we don't generally talk about recovery rates because it almost seems like you are hiding something. Oh, because the way different tracking companies calculate what a successful recovery is is very different, really, and it's literally not governed. In our minds, is did we get the vehicle, a body? of the vehicle back or not. We do not count the recovery of our technology, of our units in our recovery rates. Neither do we count what is called a verification. So that's a confirmation of safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's where we call you, say we notice you in a high risk area, or we've picked up uh, some other early warning. Mm-hmm. We don't count that in our recovery rate calculation. Okay. And we believe that's the more responsible thing to do because recovery is something customers feel. Did you get the car back or not? Is your life safe? Is your life safe or not? Mm. And so generally, uh, four out of every five vehicles, we generally get back. And in some provinces, it's well over 90, 90% where we get vehicles back. But it really is around what's the opportunity, how many vehicles, uh, what's the risk profile of those vehicles and so on that influences these factors. 100%. Mr. Ngobo, I can't thank you enough for your time this evening. Mm. You've educated us, you've given us so much more insight and even empowered us as consumers not only to understand uh, the complexities of the business and the field that you're in, you've mm. helped us understand our behaviours as well, uh, but also you know, a level of discernment that we also need to have uh, when it comes to understanding the difference uh, in offerings from various tracking mm. companies, but more so the innovative solutions that you have too. Mm. I can't thank you enough. Our listeners are certainly happy with this conversation and we're more than happy to invite you back again uh, to respond to uh, more specific questions that might come up. But all the best going forward. I guess we as South Africans just need to be a lot more vigilant and I'm hoping that partnerships between yourself and um, the police service and other partners uh, will continue to be heightened, I I presume. I thank the the boys and girls in blue. Mm. I think um, there's political will for them to be out there and we've certainly seen more boots on the ground which makes our force multiply easier because we have limited capability and really the police have powers of arrest and they've been incredible Mm -hmm. uh, over the last while. 100%. 100%. Such an intriguing space that you operate in. Uh, completed a section of so many themes uh, that you've educated us on today. Such a pleasure and thank you so much, Mr. Thank Mark. you and take care. If you missed it live, catch the podcast on kaya959.co.za.